Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Is everybody settled down now? Ready to go? Why don't you just hold really still? How still can you be? Some of you can't be very still. <laughs> You're like my kids when they were growing up. <clears throat> Excuse me. But so, really still. So if we're not moving now, right? We're not moving? Oh, but we are. In many, many ways. But one way is that we are flying through space around the sun at 66,627 miles per hour. That's kind of fast, isn't it? And uh, once we... Make it 584 million miles, we will be back to the same place we started from in relation to the sun. And that's what happened where we, we measured at midnight last night, right? We made that one more time around the sun. And if we, um, by my estimation here, we're, we're already 688,000 miles into the new year. We don't think about it that way. And by the time I'm done preaching, we'll be about another 44,000 miles along, which is kind of cool. I get to thinking that's 1,100 miles for every minute I preach. <laughs> so uh, different way of thinking. Now, that's not normally the way we think about the New Year. It's not real practical to us. Um, we as human beings do like to keep track of the New Year, though, for some reason, Right? And so we've numbered them, 2022, and then last year, and then this year being 2023. And so you think about 2023, it's, it's very much like any new year, but as we look at this year, this road that lays out ahead of us that we can see a little ways, but not too far. And it's, it's go, you know, there's a lot of it we can't see, but we're going to go down that road and there's going to be turns and and uphills and downhills and places where we got to make decisions and all that kind of thing. That's, and that by the time we make it around the sun one more time and come to the end of next year, it'd be like we are now. We can look back at last year. But so I think it's wise for us to ask the question, what do I want, when I look back on next year, this coming year, so we get to the end of 2023 and we look back on it, what would we like to see in our lives? What would we like to have happened? You know? Uh, so what are some of those hopes that you have for this year? You know? Maybe you have a hope for uh, a better financial situation, more money in the bank. Um, Maybe you would like to buy a home or maybe do a, a remodel of what you have, upgrade a car, take a real awesome family vacation. Um, we could go on and on with those kinds of things, those lists. And there's nothing wrong with those things <clears throat> unless they are more important than the things that are really important. Do you understand what I mean by that? In other words, if we give those things too high a priority in our lives, we run the risk of experiencing what Jesus talked about in Mark chapter 8 when he said, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? 
And we think lose your own soul. Well, that means you're not unsaved. And it could mean that. It can mean that, that a person is unsaved. They, they valued the things of this world and never made their, uh, receive Christ as Savior. And yes, they would lose their soul that way. But you know, a Christian can lose his soul too in this sense. That when you let other things take place in your life of the God things, the most important things, your soul gets caught up in all of that. And then next you know that's what your life is about and your soul. And so you've lost your soul. It isn't where it's supposed to be. It isn't what it's intended to be. So let's ask the question again, right? What kinds of things would you hope to see when you look back on this year? You know, hopefully you would like to see that you have a, a closer relationship with the Lord, that you really feel like, wow, I know the Lord better than I did a year ago. And I've, I've walked uh, 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 through life with him. I have this experience of him in my life. And, and he's nourishing my soul. He's, you know, he's filling me. Uh, that you can look back in your life and say, man, I'm doing a better job of living by the word in my life and walking with the Lord through life and being filled with the spirit in those things. Um, <clears throat> You know, maybe we like to see that we were able to influence some people. Wouldn't it be nice at the end of this year, can you think right now of some people in your life who need some help, either don't know the Lord or Christians who are struggling and you'd like to see them do better? What if you were able to look back at the end of the year and say, wow, I made a difference in their lives? So those are the kinds of things we want, right? And certainly, if you have any, you know, old hangups or addictions that are are beating you up, hopefully by the end of this next year, you can look back and say, man, they've lost their grip on me, right? I'm doing better. So how do we, what kinds of things do we need to pursue? What kinds of things we need to focus on in order to be able to do that at the end of the next year? Well, in Psalm 25, there are so many things about, and I, it's not written about how to have a great new year. But I'm telling you that if you and I take the, the, what's in Psalm 25 and apply it in our lives, it'll enable us to have a better year than if we don't. That is for sure. And what we want is, well, let's just go. Let's go to Psalm 25. <clears throat> and you have to excuse me with my voice here. I uh, had the flu last week, early, started early in the week, and, and I'm pretty much recovered, except I just got lingering nagging stuff like my voice, so. Psalm 25. Let me, let me read it. And then we'll go back and talk about it. <laughs> to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. <clears throat> o my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on you be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. 
Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. The humble he guides in justice, and the humble he teaches his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity, and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Consider my enemies, for they are many. And they hate me with cruel hatred. Keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all their troubles. Excuse me just a moment. All right, so man, there are so many things in there, aren't there? <laughs> so many amazing things in there, but I, I kind of just... Uh, Imagine this whole thing. It starts off with, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. That we're talking about a life of lifting up your soul to the Lord. This is, this is how you're looking at life. Go ahead and go to that slide, if you would, Silas. A life of lifting up your soul to the Lord. So you're looking to the Lord. He's coming first, and he's what's drawing you along. And he's, you know, where you're headed. And so let's just uh, do a, take a quick look at the blessings that he says are available to us in the Lord. And I've kind of combined these together, okay? And the first one is full and free forgiveness of past, present, and future sins. If you look in verse 6, remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, right? We want his mercy, don't we? We need his mercy. Do not remember the sins of my youth nor my transgressions, according to your mercy, remember me, okay? And he promises to do that. Verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. And as we get into Scripture, we know that Jesus died for our sins, right? How many of your sins did he die for? That's the easy, obvious answer, right? But what does that really mean? He died for all the sins that you committed before you got saved? I'm not, it's not a trick question. Yes, he did. All the ones, even the ones you don't remember. How about the ones you've committed since you've been saved? Did he die for those sins? Yes. He did. What about those sins that you have not yet committed? Yes. He died. He paid for all of those in full. And, and man, if you've, if you've experienced this in your life, it makes you not want to sin, right? So it isn't like, oh, good, I'm already forgiven for anything I'll ever do. Yeah, but that's not the way a Christian thinks, okay? But we know that we have full and free forgiveness. You cannot arrive at the end of this next year and not have Christ's forgiveness if you know him as Savior. Isn't that good news? You will always be forgiven in that way. The second thing we can say is that Satan will not defeat you. 
He will not be able to defeat you. However, he works in our lives and tries to defeat us. Uh, look in verse 2. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. And David had some very real enemies that he was talking about before God. And we don't really have that same kind of enemy. Do any of you? Don't raise your hand. because. But do any of you have people that are out looking for you, trying to kill you? You hope not, right? <laughs> David did, okay? But we still have enemies. One is Satan. If he can't keep you from getting saved, you know, he's going to want to destroy you and make you ineffective as a Christian. And he will use multiple things. He will use people to discourage you or work against you. He'll use circumstances. He'll use the temptations of the world. All this kind of stuff. He'll, and he'll work against you. But I want to say to you that if, if we're lifting up, looking to the Lord like we're talking about today... Satan will not defeat you. He can't, you know? And it's, that's just such good news because he wants to destroy us, obviously. And then the third thing is that the Lord will lead you and teach you. Look in verses four and five. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, okay? Verse number eight. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. That's us. He teaches us. And he will teach us. He will lead us and teach us. How amazing is that? You know, that he will lead us. If we desire to do what God wants us to do, and that's a hard thing that you, all, you have to, nobody can know that, you know, but you for sure. But if you desire to be, to follow God's leading, he will lead you. We've got the promise in Proverbs 3, right? Remember? Trust in the Lord with what? With all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Okay, everything I'm going to do in my life, I always say, okay, Lord, how am I supposed to do this? It says, he might direct. Don't, didn't say that? No, what? He Will. will direct your path. He will lead you. And all along the way, he'll be teaching you. And even when you make mistakes and you maybe don't go the right way, and you're trying, he's going to use it all. He's going to lead you and teach you, which means that you, don't, you can't lose in following the Lord here. And then finally, the amazing results of living God's way. Look in verse 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Now, I want you to think about that. Um, people who don't know the Lord, but know maybe something about Christianity, often think that it's, it'd be very, very difficult to live the Christian life, right? It's hard. You've got all these rules they think you've got to follow or whatever, and, and they, they just see it as, as hard. And we as Christians can fall into that trap sometimes too, okay? But what he says here. He says, all the paths of the Lord, in other words, the ways of the Lord, the things that he's taught us in his word, all the paths of the Lord are mercy. The mercy, bring mercy into our lives. That's not a bad thing, that's a good thing, right? And so when I live the Lord's way, I, I experience his mercy. When I live the Lord's way, I see and experience the truth. And who, who experiences this? Those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. That, so... <clears throat> What a blessing it is to live by the word. 
It's not a hardship. I mean, there might be difficulties to go along with it, but it is blessing. Okay, and then let's look at verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord. Um, Anybody here today know a secret that you've got? Anybody here? Nobody knows a secret? Oh, there's somebody who knows a secret. Yeah, we probably all know a few secrets here and there. Well, it says the Lord has a secret. What is it? What is it? I don't know. For you. But let me tell you this. It's, it's interesting to me because the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. It's, it's like this. It's almost like the Lord, when we fear him and we, we try to walk and live, and he says, hey, you want to know a secret? And then he speaks to us. And, and I have something in my life that I, I'm not really feeling yet like I want to go into detail and share it with you, but the last, I don't know how many number of years now, where I feel like the Lord said, hey, look, I want to show you something. And where he has repeatedly shared that secret with me. It's not contrary to his word. I'm just saying it's just something very personal that I have with him. And at times it makes me cry. It's just talking about the amazing results of living God's way, which I don't do perfectly, okay? Verse 17, the troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Troubles in life come, but the Lord can bring us out of them. And then verse 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Wow, so do you know that God... um, when we live God's way, there are built-in protections for us. There are built-in protections when you live God's way. There just are. One of the things I, can, you know, I tell you is never going to happen to me. I'm never going to get arrested and go to jail for stealing. I mean, probably most of you won't either, I hope. <clears throat> but the idea is why? Well, because in that area, I walk in my uprightness and integrity with the Lord. I do what he says, Right? And you can apply that to so many areas of your life, you know. You, um, you know, you will never have to worry about uh, getting stopped and cited for driving under the influence if you're walking with uprightness and integrity because you will never let alcohol even have the possibility of being that in your life. You see what I mean? By living... By living God's way, there's built-in protections. And so many of these kinds of things are blessings. Okay, so these are the kinds of blessings we're talking about, you know, getting the end of next year and looking back and seeing that we've experienced these things. Well, we need to make some choices if we're going to experience these things. So, So here's some choices we need to make and live by. Three big ones today. Go ahead and go to that if you would, Silas. First one is this. Look to the Lord as your source for everything you need. Look to the Lord as a source for how much? Everything that you need. Verse number one, this way I started. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Verse 15, my eyes are ever toward the Lord. Now, 
If we're going to live like that, there are two practical implications, okay? And the first one is you need to trust in the Lord, and the second one is that you need to wait on the Lord, okay? So let's take a look at those, talking about trusting the Lord. Verse 2, he says, oh my God, I trust in you, very clearly. Verse 20, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in you. Well, you know, well, what does it mean to trust the Lord? Well, it's certainly much more than saying it, right? Much more than saying it? Yeah. Right. Do you know you guys today seem to me like you must have stayed up late last night or something? <laughs> Some of you. Uh, anyway, but this idea of trusting the Lord is not just saying it. And because the idea is this. If I ask you, do you trust that the Lord, that his word, you know, has all the guidance that you need for how to live your life, what would you say? Yes. Yes, you said, okay, you say, yes, I do. I said, okay, well then, I assume then that you must be diligently studying the word. You must be taking it in, reading it and pondering it and learning from it. You must be taking advantage of the Bible studies that your church offers for you along the way. You must, you know, and you go, well... Maybe not so much. But see, if we're really going to trust the Lord, it's not just saying that we do. It's actually doing. Whatever it is we're saying we trust him for, we need to do what he says about it. And then the second one here, wait on the Lord. The, 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 if we want to you know, look to the Lord as a source of everything, we have to learn to wait on the Lord. And this is a hard one. Who likes to wait for things if you're... I mean, I don't know about you, these days, if, um, if my com- something's going on with the computer and it takes an extra 10 seconds, I'm frustrated. <laughs> Anybody beside me? Yeah. And so um, we don't like to wait. We certainly don't like to wait for big things that we really want. <clears throat> but we need to learn to wait on the Lord for his timing, for how he wants to do things. The, the biggest story in the Bible that relates to this is the story of Abraham, Sarah, Hagar, and Ishmael. And so, you, you know, you may not be familiar with the story, but Abraham, uh, God had called Abraham and established a relationship with Abraham and told him he was going to bless the whole world through him and through his descendants, and his descendants were going to be, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> multiplied, you know, and, and so they give that promise, but he and Sarah aren't, they aren't having a baby. It's not happening, but God promised it, and then it goes on 10 years. Now, I don't know if any of you in here have ever struggled, to, you know, with uh, uh, trying to have a baby or anything, but, you know, 10 years would be huge, wouldn't it, time? You start to think, we're running out of time. This ain't going to happen, okay? And so what they did, in in their culture, um, because of the value that for a woman that was placed on being able to have children and continue the family, that was huge. You know, in fact, they would feel like there was something wrong with them if they couldn't, or it was shameful for them. And that was in the culture. But because of that, there was a law, I mean... I guess law, but it was, it was uh, the way they did things. The wife could take her servant, 
her servant girl, and give her to her husband as a second wife. And if, he, if, she, had a, if, if uh, she had a baby, then that baby became the first wife's descendants. Did that make sense? Okay, good. Because um, my brain, you never know what's happening in it today. <clears throat> so they decided to do that. They took matters into their own hands. They did not wait on God to do that. And sure enough, Hagar, the servant girl, has a baby. Uh, they named the baby Ishmael. Anyway, but this comes a huge, huge problem in the family, the jealousies and the problems that go on. And eventually, uh, Hagar and Ishmael have to leave. And so they do. But Ishmael, scholars are not all in agreement on this. But Ishmael does grow up to be a thorn in the side of Abraham's descendants through Isaac. And um, some people would say that they, he's actually the father of the Arabs, okay? But not all scholars agree on that. But nonetheless, do you see what kind of problems they brought into their lives, their personal lives, and the lives of generations to follow? Now, God told them, this is not the one. No, Ishmael's not the one. I told you, Sarah's going to have a son. And so 14 years later, she does. So almost 25 years, they should have waited on the Lord, shouldn't they? I mean, I, I, I want to say, I understand. <laughs> uh, but they should have waited on the Lord. And so you and I need to wait on them. And I doubt the Lord's going to put us in that situation, although he could. Um, I think the idea is we want to say, wait, you know, we say, wait until you're married, right? Wait until you have the money in your possession. Wait until you're really ready to, to do this. Wait until, right, and make sure, wait until it's clear to you that this is from God. This is God's way. I'm, it's clearly God's way. It, on, based on his word, based on the, our fellowship with other Christians, this is clearly but wait on him. Don't get ahead of him. Okay? Because it's only going to bring hardship, difficulties into your life. Okay? So look to the Lord as a source for everything in your life. And then the second thing <clears throat> is to be teachable. Be teachable. Have you ever tried to teach anybody that's not teachable? <laughs> you do it all the time, right? That's hard. In fact, you really can't do it. You can't make it happen. But if we want to be taught by the Lord, we must be teachable. Verses 4 and 5, again, he says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. Verse 8, good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he teaches sinners in the way. Verse 12, who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. So if we're going to benefit from that, we must be teachable. So two practical implications of this is that you've got to be honest with yourself and you have to be humble. Both of those, okay? Go ahead and go to that, Silas, if you would. <clears throat> um, being honest with yourself. 
I mean, let's look here how, how David was honest with himself. Verse 7, do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgression. Don't bring them up again, <laughs> right? But he does. He's honest. He's open about his, his issues there. Verse 11, for your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. I, I have problems here. 16, 18, turn yourself to me and have mercy on me, for I am desolate and afflicted. I'm, I'm having a hard time. The troubles of my heart have enlarged. Bring me out of my distress. Look on my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. And so this idea of being very open and honest about where you're at. Because it goes like this. You think, well, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I, I do have a little problem with that. When you actually have what? A big problem with that. I mean, I think Dave must experience this with me as I have. You know, when, if, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're giving counsel to someone, what they will come and tell you at first is probably not the whole picture. Okay, and lots of reasons why that is. But we need to be honest, okay, with ourselves about that. Uh, well, I don't really think I'm like that. I mean, who would want to be like that? Well, guess what? Maybe you are. Well, how are you going to know? Well, ask God. Say, God, would you help me to see myself the way I really am? Help me to see the truth about myself. And that's not always pleasant. There's times in my life when the Lord has showed me something that just is really pretty ugly. But we need to be willing to do that. And, and so ask God, and then if, if you really want to get down to it, ask somebody who knows you. Tell me the truth about this or that in my life, about how I respond. Now, you might have to promise them that you won't retaliate. <laughs> and I was thinking about this. I think it would be really hard for a wife to ask her husband to do that. The wife says to the husband, would you, would you? You know, help me to see the areas where I'm not really got it together and messed up. And he's thinking, no way. <laughs> now, it'd be, we'd really be nice to get our relationships at a level of intimacy where we could do that. But the idea is find someone that you can ask, who knows you, and ask them, especially if it's about something specific, okay? And, and the Lord will show you those things. And then, second thing here, be humble. Verse 9, I think he says it twice. Yes, the humble, he guides in justice. And the humble, he teaches his way. If we want to be taught, we have to be humble. We know the verses. This is so important because God does what to the proud? God resists the proud. He's not teaching us in a nice way, leading and teaching when he has to resist us. He gives grace to the humble in Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul says it like this. He says, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Now, <coughs> excuse me. This doesn't mean that you have to think lowly of yourself. I bet in here today we could we'd sit and talk with every one of you and we can find some things that are really good. And you can be honest in your evaluation about those. But you've got to be honest in the about the evaluation of things that need work, okay? 
You have to do that. And so the second one there is to be teachable. And the third one now here, if we're going to experience what God has for us, is to live by his word. Live by his word. Gee, Walt, I think you say that every week. <laughs> Probably. Verse number 10. Again, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. His covenant and his testimonies would be reference to his word. And so when we keep his word, then we find them to be this great blessing in our lives. So the two things need to happen here, this idea if we're going to live by his word. We need to fear the Lord, and we need to develop godly character. Go ahead and go to that, Silas, please. Fearing the Lord. So what are we talking about? Well, let's look here, verse 12. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. So as God will teach this person in the way God chooses if he fears the Lord. He himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants shall inherit the earth. And the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. This idea of fearing the Lord. Um, <clears throat> You know, a typical way to talk about it is this deep reverence. And I think that's, that's a good portion of it. But what I really want to think is, I think this idea of fearing the Lord is really letting him have his proper role in our lives. I mean, if you think about it, we're talking about the one who could have rightly sent every one of us to hell, right? And been just in doing so. And yet he paid this price for us, right? What did he pay for us? His own son, and he won with his son and all that, and taking our sin and everything that went along with that. And then we... Take him lightly? I mean, I don't have very many words to say. Other than to say we need to be serious about God in our lives. Who is he in our lives? Who should he be? We need to let him be that. You know, and so, so we need to surrender. That's where we start. We say, okay, you're God. I am not God. And I... I'm going to be honest about myself. There are plenty of times I kind of like to be God. Anybody else? And, and so, you know, comes to this choices, and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't do this consciously. I don't know how I do it, but I'm still culpable. But, you know, okay, choices, and yeah, well, God, yeah, okay, yeah, well, all right, I'm going to do this. And then, I, I haven't feared the Lord. I haven't taken him seriously. And so we don't want to do that. If we're going to live by his word, we have to make him, we have to, we can't make him be important. He is important. And we have to recognize his importance and how serious it is in our lives so that we then say, what, I need to live by his word. See, that's who lives by his word, those who fear him. And then develop godly character. Verse 21. <clears throat> It says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. And I actually already talked about that earlier. But what you want to focus on, I think, is you go through, we were talking about going through this year, it's just life. 
but what you want to focus on is not so much of how do I learn to do this? How do I find out what I need to know about this and do all that? Those are fine things. But you want to ultimately say is, wait, how do I become the kind of person I'm supposed to be? You understand the difference? Okay, how do I know how to do this right, the right way? Or how do I know what is right here? And I do, and that's important, but I want to say to you, now let's focus in on how do I become the right kind of person? Because when you become the right kind of person, guess what you do? You make the right kinds of choices. Okay? And so you need to focus on developing godly character. So, choices we need to make and live by here. The three of them. Look to the Lord as your source for everything in life. Be teachable and live by his word. And um, go ahead and go to that summary there, page, if you would, there, Silas. Because we don't really know what 2023 is going to hold, do we? Man, maybe the Lord will come back. That'd be all right. I'm glad I'm giving him my permission. Uh, uh, but we don't know. So what does 2023 hold? Go ahead and go to that slide, Silas, if you would, please. If we make it all the way around the sun again, how we've chosen to live will affect what we look back on. And it can be wonderful, amazing. It doesn't mean there won't be any hardships, but in the middle of hardships, there'll be blessing and an awareness of God. So what you, I really want to encourage you to do this year is with that mindset that we see here in Psalm 25 is to, to live a life of lifting up your soul to the Lord. I'm looking to you, Lord. I'm looking to you, Lord. I'm looking to you, Lord. In these ways that we've talked about here today. Father, we come to you and thank you for your word. Thank you that it's so full and so many things we could have spent a long time on today, Lord. But I do pray that we would lift our hearts up to you. We would look to you. We would yield to you, your rightful place in our lives. We would walk with you. We would grow. And Lord, I know that when we do that, all those other things that we might like, we talked about early on, that you may or may not bring them into our lives, but it won't matter as much because we have you at work in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we'll take these things to heart as we go. And as always, Lord, I pray if there's someone here who hasn't received Christ as Savior or has questions about that, I pray they would ask. And... Um, Pray you do the things that only you can do here, Lord. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, thank you.